It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And we are live with the Standing Room Spartans podcast, your host, Kevin Parker, your co-host, Scott Martin, here on a Thursday morning. It is um, Big Ten Media Days going on right now in the Big Ten calendar camp coming up soon. Got a lot of stuff coming up very soon, but as of right now, you know, again, no real recruiting news. We're still waiting on something to pop there. Um, we'll we'll talk a little bit about the Big Ten media days that have been going on for a couple days now. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, camp opening up in a in less than a week here now, and then we'll talk O line today. That's that's the big story. We've got a couple mailbag questions that we didn't get through last episode, and I uh, want to start by again reminding everybody football season right around the corner. We are Harlan Barnett, thirty six days away. Uh, from the Western Michigan kickoff. So make sure you're telling your friends, family, all your Michigan State uh, brethren and sis- brethren and sisterin. That doesn't sound right. Uh, all your brothers and sisters and all the good people out there that uh, love Michigan State football. Make sure you uh, pass along the podcast. We really appreciate the support for uh, Brian and Owen. I know Brian got his shirt. The, the Jaden Reed shirt from a contest we did uh, a little while back. Owen, I I don't think it's come yet. I haven't gotten the confirmation email. I don't know why, because you're both residing in the same state. I would think they would come together, but got a lot of stuff coming around the corner. We'll probably do another contest here as the season comes around, so make sure you are subscribed and listening for all the information on that. With that out of the way, Scott, Thursday morning, how we doing? Biding my time. I feel like a drone when you ask me these questions. <laughs> the part of summer where like the smell of football is starting to blow in in the wind. You know, you hear some whistles from the local high school um, practice. They're starting up and fall camp starting next week. Hard Knocks starts in two weeks if you're a Lions fan. Um, I feel like Hard Knocks may be the most exciting thing to happen to the Lions franchise in 50 years just because it's like something to be excited about. You know, even if it's like terrible entertainment, but at least at least it's our team's terrible entertainment. Um, football's close. I'm obviously itching to get there. Um, yeah, can't complain. Big Ten Media Days is as boring as it always is. Uh, but, you know, it gets it gets some highlights flowing across BTN. Uh, 
some some chatter about last season about this season gets the kind of knocks the rust off the uh, the football mind as we get into the calendar but uh very soon here things are going to pick up in a hurry and then it'll be like february and we'll be sad again because football will have been over for those of you who haven't paid any attention to big 10 media days i'll summarize about three days worth of talking uh, every coach in the Big Ten is excited to kick off this season. They they like what they have on this roster. They're working to get better every day, and uh, they're they're you know building their culture and and making sure that this year they're going to be physical. They're going to be disciplined. Uh, they're going to play with good fundamentals. Uh, we're going to try to be a bit more explosive on offense this year, and we need our quarterback to take care of the football and. You know, we've got a lot of good position battles and we like our young players that are coming in. I, I think that basically covers it, right? Did I miss any uh, coach speak cliches? Well, don't forget, we're going to have 14 Big Ten champions this year. Right. Yeah. The, our goal is to uh, win the conference. And, you know, there were some, you know, we were just kind of saying, I feel like the media days are basically the the excuse for all of the media members to get together in the same hotels and the same hotel bars to share their college football playoff and conference realignment conspiracy theories. And so they all just blast out the same articles for the next three days about how Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren hinted at this, and this is what's coming down the pipeline. And that's basically all it is. It's it's an excuse for everybody to wear a nice suit and uh, you know sp- spray some coach speak out there for an hour, uh, unless you're Jim Harbaugh. But you know that's another topic for another time. Um, with that, just had a total mental brain fart there. Um, with that, we have uh, our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, and right now at DraftKings Sportsbook, they're giving all new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000. If it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. So we've got NFL preseason around the corner. We've got PGA Tour events. We've got baseball. We've got MMA. Uh, we've got Live Tour. You can bet on the Live Tour, I'm pretty sure. Uh, if you're into such things, same game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, props. Betting options are are basically endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN for the Pigskin Podcast Network, of which we're a proud member. Make your first deposit. Get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Promo code TPPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. We're going to start here. Before we get into the offensive line, I promise Spartan Bot that we were going to answer his leftover questions. One of them was about the offensive line, so it's a good transition. But we'll start with his first question here. Are you surprised that uh, not one Spartan running back or quarterback has entered the transfer portal as of today, and why not? Uh, first of all, Spartan Bot, uh, there was a deadline to enter the portal that has come and gone, so there really isn't an opportunity to right now have a player enter the portal. So if you're surprised there hasn't been any movement like generally recently, that would be why. But uh, Scott, a, a general lack of movement there in the running backs uh, and, and quarterback rooms. I know we mentioned Donovan Eaglin was a guy uh, from the running back room that did enter the portal uh, a ways back a couple months ago now. 
But uh, are you surprised that there haven't been as many outgoing transfers in the uh, in those respective rooms? I think going into the off season, running back was a, a room that we thought you could we could see some attrition um, just because of how many bodies are in that room. But when you really look at both of these positions, everyone has something to play for this summer and early in the season. Uh, at, at the quarterback position, obviously you got Peyton Thorne, but behind him, you've got three young guys who haven't really had an opportunity to establish their own pecking order um, this summer. And any one of them could play their way into essentially being waiting in the wings uh, as Peyton Thorne's um, replacement whenever Peyton Thorne happens to move on from the program. So, they all have reason to be here and at running back, especially there are snaps to win straight up this season. Any of the running backs on the roster, I think we have six right now, um, could absolutely find their way onto the field for a meaningful role this season. So I think it would be it wouldn't be very surprising to see a running back, especially enter the portal after maybe the red shirt portion early in the season you know where you can preserve the red shirt play the first three four games see how things play out um and then perhaps the guys who don't have the greatest tryout or aren't finding the role they're looking for maybe you'll see one or two enter the portal uh but right now not too surprising everyone's got something to keep their sights set on and there's still opportunity for all of them to um not every single one of them, but all of them have the opportunity to carve out a niche. For yeah, the, the guys you would think of, like a Davion Prim, right? You know, ah, he's kind of buried in the depth chart. We got these two guys coming in. Well, he was getting the most hype out of anybody coming out of the spring. So I'm sure if you ask him face-to-face, man-to-man, he probably thinks I'm the best guy in this room. Like, coach is talking me up. Uh, I'm going to be the starting running back this year. Uh, you got to remember, too, Jarek Broussard the guy that I think a lot of people are expecting to be the number one running back. He wasn't on the field during the spring. He wasn't on campus. So, you know, guys are kind of looking around that room in the spring and saying, I'm going to win this job before Broussard even gets here. And then on top of that, you know, a couple other guys, okay, Harold Joyner, you know, a guy who you're not really sure what his role is. He already transferred once. So if, if he wants to leave, He's got to, you know, go through that whole process of trying to get a waiver or having to sit out for a year. So I think you're you're kind of looking at that room as just a lot of question marks and a lot of guys thinking, hey, why not me as the guy in an offense that we know is going to try to run the football? So um, and then quarterbacks, I, you kind of covered it there. I mean, it's just guys understand their the positions that they're in. I don't think you know, obviously Caton Hauser isn't going to transfer <laughs> like a, a month into his college career. And then, uh, you know, guys behind him, I think Noah Kim, you know, he wasn't the most highly recruited guy in the world. So you're looking at certain guys behind them in the pecking order. And it's, you know, not to say it in a demeaning way, but there aren't too many options out there, right? You, you would be taking a probably a pretty significant step down in conversation and uh, competition. I don't think Noah Kim's going to go to another power five school and and start. So it's just kind of the nature of the quarterback position. There's only one guy and there's only so many schools out there. So um, I, th- I think it's not super surprising, but like you said, 
by October, maybe we'll have a, a little bit different picture of this. And the other question from SpartanBot, this will kind of kick us into gear here with the offensive line conversation. If the offensive line cannot develop sufficiently this year, how will they get the running game going? Short answer, they won't. Yeah, I, I think over last year aside, over the last few years since uh, you know 2016 and onward, we have seen that uh, getting the running game going is, is not guaranteed. Uh, we are susceptible to it. Plenty of teams just can't run the ball, especially in the Big Ten. Um, yeah, if the offensive line stinks, it's going to be a bad year. I mean, it, I don't know how to put it. I, I don't like to be too negative. I, I'm excited about this year. I think it could be another good year. But if this offensive line doesn't come together, we're going to have serious problems all over the offense. Um, and we do not have an eraser like Kenneth Walker this season. Just don't expect to have anybody who can do what he did with the cutbacks, the vision, and making something out of nothing. Um, yeah, I mean, everything about this offense rests on the offensive line's development and their ability to play cohesively this season. And even thinking back to last year, Kenneth Walker, for as ridiculously good as he was last year, there were still games where the offensive line just didn't allow him to get... Remember Indiana? He was getting tackled at or behind the line of scrimmage damn near every carry, and that was Kenneth Walker. There was just nothing he could do because that offensive line could not get the push that we needed. So if, yeah, like you said, I mean, if it's a bad year for the offensive lineman, I mean, there's no guarantee that we're going to get the running game going. It's like, well, you know, we'll just have to find another way. It's like, there's no other way. <laughs> you need a good offensive line. That's it. You can get creative with your scheme. You can get creative with, you know, some different motions and things that you're putting in place and, you know, draws and screens and, and you know, doing some of these kind of um, scheme extensions of the running game. You know, a lot of times people talk about the screen game as well. It's just a, a, a long handoff. So I guess, you know, maybe that's it. You, you try to get guys out on the edge. You try to get these bubble screens. You try to get guys out in motion, do these orbit screens and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, if your offensive line sucks, there's there's no running the football. That, that's just not a reality of, of the game of football, I guess. So with that, let's get into this offensive line a little bit more. We'll talk about the personnel. We'll talk about the guys that we think are going to be starting some of the depth pieces um, and what this is all going to look like, because obviously you have a couple kind of mainstays from from previous seasons that are out the door. Kevin Jarvis feels like he's been at Michigan State for 15 years. He's finally gone. Uh, AJR Curie, same thing. He's been here for a long, long time. Luke Campbell, been here for a long, long time. I think his freshman year was like 2016. He's finally gone. You had um, one name is just get Matt Allen Matt at center Allen. is gone, right? So you have basically three starters and one key backup. You're probably your sixth or seventh offensive lineman from last year out the door. Now I've seen some people allude to some addition by subtraction. I, I don't know if that's fair or not, but that's at least worth bringing up, but you're going to have a, a pretty green group at some parts here and um we'll kind of see where it goes i i expect the starting lineup and scott correct me if if you think anything different i think the starting lineup week one when we go out there against western michigan you're gonna have 
Jarrett Horst at left tackle, who is back after missing most of the second half of last season. You're going to have J.D. Duplain, who's been a pretty solid mainstay at left guard. You're going to have Nick Samak at center. You're going to have incoming transfer Brian Green from Washington State at right guard. And you're going to have Spencer Brown at right tackle. Assuming health for all of those guys, you agree that that's probably the starting group? Probably. Um, the, The only changes I could see would be like Brian Green winning out at center and like a Matt Carrick starting at right guard. If uh, if they think that could be more valuable than Samak at center and Green at guard. And if and if Carrick is healthy, that was actually yeah. one thing that came out of media days was he's probably going to be ready for camp, but we'll see. I mean, he hasn't been on the field since his leg injury. Uh, obviously, he missed all spring rehabbing that. So they said basically we'll get to camp and see what he can do. Uh, would be great kind of like um luke campbell last year like a key backup that can play a couple different spots across the line with a lot of uh experience kind of a lower ceiling uh athletically but he's been with the program this is now his sixth year so he he knows what's going on out there he knows what his job is um and the last tackle position i think right tackle is probably an open competition I mean, they'll say everything's an open competition, but if you're looking across the line, I think the most open competition is right tackle. Spencer Brown was certainly getting the reps down the stretch last season, but I don't think he did near enough to to guarantee that was his spot going into camp or especially going into the season. So you've got some younger tackles that we'll get into that we just haven't seen. And it's impossible really to say at this juncture whether or not they're developed enough to give him a run for his money but if there's a spot that somebody's going to get challenged by a younger guy i think it's that right tackle spot with spencer brown yeah people are really really high on him and this isn't to say that i'm not i'm really high on spencer brown's ceiling but i'm not as ready to pencil him in for a a great 2020 season as i think a lot of people seem to be I think a lot of people are a lot higher on how he played against Pitt than I was. Uh, that was one of the biggest things that I was watching that whole game because I'm saying, all right, you know, without Kenneth Walker, let's see what this offense looks like. Uh, but one of the probably two or three biggest things that I was watching through that game and and when you go back and rewatch it was, hey, this is the guy that we are probably expecting to start for us at right tackle next season. He's getting his first start of his career against a, a pretty good pit team. And he he held up at times. He got beat at times. And, uh, you know, it's kind of what you would expect. But I think a lot of people came out of that and said, well, the, the guy that was across from him didn't get any sacks. He locked him down. Like, uh, I would go back and watch the tape. I, I wouldn't say he locked him down. Uh, rather than, you know, just saying, you know, there was a lot of uh, dead heats and there was a lot of just kind of, you know, nobody really won the battle. But I did come out a little bit more nervous than a lot of people did. But all that to say, I I fully expect him to be the starting right tackle. Um, what do you think? We'll, we'll ask this question, too, when we when it comes to the entire offensive line depth included. But I want to know of that starting five that we just mentioned, if we're assuming that that's the starting group, 
obviously it's offensive line it's football that group is not going to remain exactly the same the whole year that's just as a coaching staff as a fan it's impossible to project a healthy offensive line for an entire season those guys get rolled up on ankles knees like it just it's the nature of the position so this is almost a meaningless question but i'll ask it anyway what is your kind of confidence level again you know we've kind of done this for other groups one to ten of just that starting group that starting five compared to the other starting fives in the big 10 compared to the other starting fives in the country uh, <laughs> i think it gets significantly lower the further right you go um as a whole for the group i would say like a five out of ten um, okay i think there's reasons like i don't think it's as green if everyone's healthy and you have everyone on the roster i don't think it's as green as it came across at the end of last season when we thought jared horst might leave we thought jd duplain could potentially leave um and we didn't have brian green coming in you really i mean you look at the starting five now four out of the five have significant playing experience now Jarrett Horst yeah he had half a season with us but remember he had three seasons at Arkansas State JD Duplain's one of those guys that's starting to feel like he's been around for 10 years Nick Samak same class didn't start didn't get on the field quite as early as Duplain as consistently but still he's been in the rotation for a couple years now he's played I'm looking it up right now but he has played a ton of snaps in his career yeah. uh Brian Green grad transfer from Washington State played I don't know how much he played early in his career at Washington State but he was a starter for a full season last year in a power five conference so again assuming all those guys are healthy and ready to go four out of five of your starters have multiple years of playing experience Simek has over a thousand snaps in his career there you go so it's not super green and then spencer brown's got a year in the rotation from last season um on and off never i wouldn't say a lot of volume but he at least had quite a few appearances um so starting five i think i'll give it a five out of ten because they haven't played together all that much and you just don't know how it's going to come together obviously offensive line has to be able to communicate every down they all all five need to be on the same page or things fall apart so you just can't predict that until you see it on the field um but they all have experience so there's a reason to be optimistic um about them getting on the field together yeah that's and we'll talk yeah we'll talk about like the the depth part of it because that comes into play in this offensive line i'm a little bit higher on them i i would say more of like a six and a half in the starting group like you said i mean the left side i feel pretty darn good about the right side it's like eh, okay we'll see i don't know that's kind of up in the air um i was kind of thought throwing this around in my head is Jarrett horst's decision to come back like that's got to be one of the two biggest like roster moves or lack of moves along with i don't know along Jayden with Jaden reed deciding to come back 
Uh, maybe you can throw a mere speed into that mix. I think those are probably the three most important, valuable, whatever roster moves or again, lack of moves from the off season, because again, I'm, I'm looking at like a six and a half with Horst. If Horst wasn't there and, and you're looking at your left tackle being Brandon Ethan Baldwin. Boyd, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, Brandon Baldwin, right? Where you're just like, I have no idea what we are going to do at one of the three or four most important positions on the field. Uh, it, it would look a lot different. So with Horst coming back, that is a huge band aid on the uh, on the offensive line. But you know, to go a little bit deeper, all right. Again, it's football, and it's beyond that, it's the offensive line. We know that there are going to be injuries. That's just a reality. Um, and even without injuries last season, we thought we saw Chris Kapilovich do that weird, like hockey line change thing with the interior more in the beginning of the season than the end of the season. But there was that stretch of games where it was like every third series were rotating out the entire interior of the offensive line. And it was very strange. I remember pointing it out on the podcast after week one when it was just kind of everybody was all excited about Kenneth Walker. And obviously we were too. We were jumping out of our chairs during the podcast just talking about it. But we were also like, did you notice that? That was so strange. And it and it just kept happening over the next few weeks. I, I don't imagine we're going to see something like that again this year. But I think as a coaching staff... Given that, you know, again, starting five, there's some experience there from top to bottom, from left to right, you know, some more than others, but there's experience there. The rest of the roster has almost literally zero experience whatsoever, besides, you know, if we say Matt Carrick or Brian Green, whoever doesn't start there, um, assuming that Matt Carrick is healthy to start the season, there's one guy with experience. Everybody else, you're looking at this big group of, I'll just kind of run through the names over the last two signing classes, basically. It's Ethan Boyd, Gino Vandemark, Dallas Fincher, uh, Kevin or Christian Big Dooley Phillips, Kevin Wigginton, Gavin Brocious, Ashton Lepo, Braden Miller, it's Brandon Baldwin. You're just looking at a big group of guys who have never played. And we we're not going to really waste too much time talking about well which of these guys is going to play or which of these guys is going to be ready or whatever but i i'm more interested in the general philosophy thing of if you're this coaching staff and and chris kapilovich and jay johnson and mel tucker you have to find a way to get some of these guys snaps in the same way that a nick samak got snaps two three years ago as a rotational offensive lineman which yeah, when you think about rotational positions, you're you're generally thinking running backs, cornerbacks, defensive linemen, but you've got to find a way to get some of these guys on the field because we're going to be doing this the same time next year, <laughs> and we don't want to be looking at three starting offensive line spots being taken by guys who have like 25 career snaps. So. You're going to have to find a way to get these guys on the field. I don't know, Scott, do we do the hockey line change? Do we just rotate in like one guy here and there just to, to get them snaps? Like, 
what what's what's the game plan there? Because again, I think it's like irresponsible not to find a way to get some snaps here and there. Yeah, here's a question for you. If we did that and we assume the offense, the starting five we mentioned is the starting five. Who comes in at center? <laughs> uh but uh, can can we uh can Hank we get Pepper? an early early enrollee on Jonathan Slack? <laughs> yeah, there's no center other than Green or Samak to my knowledge. There's no guy who's who's played center. Um maybe a little bit in high school, but certainly nobody who's played center in college. So you gotta think they're probably building that into someone. Um, yeah, th- there's got to be someone the first week or so of of camp that's just, hey, you've got a spare half hour, go take snaps with right. Noah Kim or something. But you know? even, I mean, you look at the guys who, who project as guards, the newer guys like Gavin Brocious and Christian Phillips, like these are maulers. These are not guys you could play at center. They're just not the archetype. So obviously we're, we have a backup plan, right? Brian Green could slide over and play center. That's what he played at Washington State. But if you do the line change and Green and Samak are on the same line, there's nobody who you would even want to really develop into a center. Um, so, no, I don't think we're going to do that. I think the guards are going to rotate a lot. I think the tackles will be a little more stable, right tackle. I think there will be a little bit of a competition early season. Um, but by and large, I think this is going to be a different philosophy. I think those starting five, you're really going to try to just grow into a unit that's on the field as not as much as you can you mentioned you got to get other guys snaps but it's not going to be this like rotating too deep that just has like a bunch of guys that are first and a half string you're going to have a clear first string who's taking the meaningful snaps and you're going to i think rotate single guys every other series um at various positions but i think especially because of the experience level as well you just can't put three of these youngsters on the field at the same time when there's anything on the line. Yeah. And, and again, like how do you, it's just, it's, it's a really tough thing. I like, I don't envy the position of Chris Kapilovich who's sitting there saying, all right, like again, it's offensive line. We know some of these guys are going to get hurt, which means some of these depth players, this, like you said, clear second string guys, some of these guys are going to have to play this year. And a few of them are going to have to start for us next season. You've got Brian Green is a grad senior. Matt Carrick, grad senior. Nick Samak is a senior. Um, J.D. Duplain, senior. Uh, Jared Horst, fifth-year senior. You're going to be in a really difficult position this time next season, if you don't find a way to get Gino Vandemark 300 snaps this season or to get Brandon Baldwin 200 snaps this season. Um, so it's it's not just for the 2022 season. It's, you know, as a coach, you got to be thinking a couple steps ahead here. And it's, it's looking kind of bleak. And, you know, um, Corey Robinson has been talking about this a lot on the uh, on the message board at 24-7 because a lot of people are saying, well, where was the offensive tackle transfer? Uh, we were all talking about that for a long time. What's the one position we need in the portal? Offensive tackle. 
this was before and after Jarrett Horse decided to come back. That is the least likely position nowadays, it seems like, to find somebody in the portal. Those guys, those guys that are at offensive tackle that are ready to start right away are just not entering the transfer portal. For whatever reason, that position has kind of become one that's really, really hard to find. You can find quarterbacks every year because those guys are, are going around and looking for playing time somewhere. You can find running backs. You can find wide receivers. You can find skill guys. It's been really, really hard to find good offensive tackles in the portal. So you can't really count on that. You know, for as much as Mel Tucker has been the the transfer portal wizard, you can't really count on just, you know what, we'll, we'll plug that hole next year with a portal guy. What if there's no portal guy and this is the roster you got? <laughs> I have to find a way here. And and again, I don't it's not even really worth trying to guess which guys because we haven't seen these guys since their high school tape one, two, three seasons ago. I mean, it, there's just really nothing to go on as far as differentiating Brandon Baldwin from uh Ethan Boyd or differentiating Gino Vandemark from Kevin Wigginton. Like, I don't know. I don't know just as much as you guys at home listening don't know. Um, but we're going to find out, I think, in the first couple weeks. You know, you you look at something we've talked about a little bit as we're previewing these positions is you've got a couple tune-up games with Western Michigan and Akron. We're going to find out, I think, pretty early who the staff has among that second group as kind of the the players and the really developmental, you're not even going to get in against Akron guys. Yeah, and I think the real first test will be Washington, who typically has a stout front seven on their defense. Um, yeah, it's going to be, I don't know. I mean, when you look at this this season and this team, obviously, I don't think I'm the only one saying this group makes me the most nervous of anyone. Um, I think... As long as we're healthy, the starting five should be able to hold up to most teams. But this is the Big Ten also, who pretty much every team in the conference takes pride in putting somebody, putting a front seven together that can beat the living hell out of you for 60 Besides minutes. Maryland. Sands Maryland. Um, I mean, it's the rubber's going to meet the road at a certain point in the schedule. And, and we're going to see a lot from these guys. The good news is there are a lot of guys waiting in the wings, waiting to get snaps and show what they've got. So if you would think there are some, some diamonds in there who just need time and real live snaps to, uh, to really start to shine. Um, you mentioned it's pretty much impossible. You might as well just close your eyes and throw a dart at the, at the roster right now to guess which one is going to be, they all kind of have a similar amount of like great high school tape, great size, but absolutely no idea what they're going to look like on a college field. A lot of these guys were kind of, uh, shots in the dark who are six, seven, you know, the staff, like early recruit Mel Tucker recruiting where you're just like, well, we don't really have a brand to sell yet, so we're just going to find giant dudes and do our best to develop them. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ashton Lepo, Ashton yeah. Lepo, Braden <laughs> Miller. These are all guys who are like six, 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 seven, but like three-star guys who people weren't really drooling over them coming out of high school. Uh, but they met developmental players. Yeah, they met Mel Tucker's uh, whatever they call it size requirement, size and speed, or and 
probably not speed for these guys, but size and strength requirements. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I, I get wary as we've been breaking down the, the starting five. I think my confidence has started to creep up a little bit, but it's a long big 10 season. And how many years have we dealt with offensive line injuries? We're not unique in that respect, but every year, a couple guys go down. So we're going to, there will come a time we have to rely on these young guys this season. And uh, that's what makes me nervous. I have a fun hypothetical here um, regarding the offensive line. If we're looking at this like kind of in in the Madden rating kind of scale, and I gave you the choice and said, you know what, we don't really know what this offensive line is going to look like, but I can wave my wet magic wand and give you one of two options. This can be a group that is excelling in the run game and not very good in the pass game. So let's call it, you know, they're an 88 overall run blocking group and they're like a 65 overall pass blocking group or vice versa, right? 88 overall passing, pass blocking, you know, really good at protecting Peyton Thorne, but the run blocking is like a 65. It's just not opening up holes and uh, the running backs are going to have to figure it out some other way, I guess, like uh, like Spartan Bot said. Uh, which which hypothetical would you rather have? I will take the strong run blocking. I think the leadership and experience of Peyton Thorne and his receiving core would be more able to dig themselves out of tough situations and hold their own, uh, especially if they had a good run threat. If we don't, if we don't have the ability to move bodies in the running game, we're going to be so one dimensional on offense. It's going to be terrible. And we saw games last year where you mentioned earlier, like Indiana, Nebraska, even Pitt for most of the game, we were made one dimensional and it was really hard for us to move the ball. Peyton Thorne struggled when the defense knew they were okay up front and didn't need to commit extra bodies to the box. It was tough. It was tough sledding and we got some, some miracles if i mean honestly you look at like the jaden reed punt return uh some magic that got us through those games but i don't want a full season where we just have to hope the passing game can move the ball down the field on two two and a half downs every series i i agree and the other thing is too just because you're you're great at pass blocking doesn't really guarantee you a great passing game, right? It just means that you'll have a little bit more time. Whereas if you have a great run blocking offensive line, that almost guarantees you a productive run game. I mean, there have been years where Iowa has had a, and basically a nobody at running back never makes it to the NFL, doesn't really do anything, but because his offensive line has given him a five yard push on every play he's going out there running for six yards of carry. Like it's, it almost guarantees you a productive run game. If you have a good, uh, uh, running blocking offensive line. And in the past game, there's scheme things you can do. Or if you know, your, your pass blocking is, is a, a deficiency on your roster. You can scheme up some quick game. You can scheme up play action. You can do screens. You can do a lot of different things, 
to kind of mitigate that a little bit more. Whereas again, going back to Spartan bots question, if you can't run block, it's going to take a Kenneth Walker or a Travion Henderson or a Braylon Allen at Wisconsin. It's going to take a special, special, special running running back to create yards with a bad offensive line. Kenneth Walker did it at times last year, but even Kenneth Walker, again, go back to Nebraska and Indiana and stretches of those games where even Kenneth Walker couldn't get anything done because the run blocking was so bad for a quarter, two quarters of gameplay. So I, I think that's the correct answer there. I just thought that was uh, that was an interesting thing to to kind of look at. Um, anything else that comes to mind here with the offensive line? I, I think we kind of covered everything. The the starting group again. I think we're we're fairly confident. You gave it a five out of ten. I gave it a six and a half out of ten. I guess that that counts for fairly confident. And then the depth is a gigantic question mark that is going to have to be sorted out one way or another. But again, I think the good news there is you'll probably see a bunch of those depth guys within the first two weeks of the season, maybe three weeks of the season. And you're, you're going to know, you know what, like week one against Western Michigan, Gino Vandemark came in for 75 snaps, like not 75, but you get the point. Um, you're going to know which guys are getting the playing time behind the starting five and which guys like, huh, I never saw Ethan Boyd, right? Even when we were up by 25, you know, he's just, uh, you know, a step behind in the development, right? You're going to seek some of that. I think the first couple weeks. All right. I'm going to make you answer that question. So outside the starting, our expected starting five, and I'll remove Matt Carrick as well, because I think he's clearly the, the sixth man. Um, which youngster leads the team in snaps leads that group in snaps this season? Um, I'll go with one of two guys. I'll say, you know, just based on what, you know, the, the guys that I liked the most, I guess, um, Gino Vandemark, I think, you know, had the best high school tape. I think he's the most athletic of those kind of just big bully guys. He, he is, he moves a little more fluid. Um, and then Brandon Baldwin, you know, he was a Juco transfer, big six foot seven, 315 pounds, but carries that weight pretty well. Um, it's, it's definitely not a fat 315 pounds and we're going to need a tackle to step up is the thing. So I, I think, um, one of those two Vandemark or Baldwin would be one, my, uh, my best dart throw at it. Yeah. I was going to say Gino Vandemark, but he is, we have, a backup offensive guard to rotate through and Matt Carrick, presumably. Um, we don't really know who the top off tackle rotational guy will be behind the presumed starting to like Baldwin as a pick, but and I, I would be, I would be pretty shocked real quick if it were any of the true freshmen. Those guys just their body, I don't think will be ready at all. Yeah, Gino Vandemark, Spartan Nation. Let's ride. If <laughs> you know, um, I didn't realize until later yesterday that that was from Russell Wilson, and that's kind of what started it. And everyone was doing all the colleges were doing their not all of them, but quite a few colleges were doing their like green screen photo shoots yesterday. So everyone just picked up on it and started doing it too. I thought Gino Vandemark just screwing around on the uh Spartan Nation iPhone. 
Now we um, just need the Mr. Unlimited. We don't need that. We I can see Peyton Thorne picking up on like the the dorky Christian. He seems like a cheesy guy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um nah, it'll be good. Uh the offensive line this year, it's kind of the linchpin to the whole offense. And uh it's it's gonna be really important. I'm excited to see some of these youngsters, for better or for worse. Uh, we've had a lot of the same names playing offensive line for us for a long time, and they're out of the picture now. So um, could be future stars finally getting on the field for the first time uh, in this rotation and could be guys we're talking about in a year or two as uh, you never know, all Big Ten players. And again, you know, there a lot of those guys, you know, what we've seen, how much of AJR Curie and Kevin Jarvis and, you know, we're saying, well, we're we're losing really key pieces of the offensive line. And it's there is an element of, element of that for sure, but there's also the reality that we've been complaining about those guys for four years. It's not like we're we're losing Jack Conklin and Jack Allen, right? You know, nothing against Kevin Jarvis or AJ Curie as people or players, but let's be real here: we weren't marching out in all Big Ten offensive line with those guys. So there is kind of an excitement for something new. For sure. Yeah, they we've had a we've known our ceiling on the offensive line for a long time. Um, this year, we don't really know our floor or our ceiling, but there's excitement in that. And uh, yeah, five weeks into the year, we should we should know what kind of offensive line this is. All right, so I think that about does it. We will be back next week. We'll start transitioning over to the defense. We've got the defensive line, linebackers, DBs coming up here as we start to workshop. I don't know about you, Scott. I've started to kind of workshop my predictions here. Started to kind of really dig into the schedule a little bit. Look at my Big Ten predictions. Looking at, you know, listening to some more podcasts, reading a couple magazines. Starting to get pretty geared up here and and starting to feel pretty decent about some of my picks. Uh, So that's going to be coming right around the corner. We're starting to get prepared for all of that. I hope that uh, you guys at home are doing the same as the calendar starts turning towards August. I guess by the next time you hear this, it will be August. I will be living in a new apartment, hopefully with internet that we can uh, make sure that we get this thing sorted out. But uh, fall camp opens next Wednesday, I believe. The players will be all in East Lansing, getting weighed in, getting ready to start the season. So everything is coming right around the corner. We are very excited. Make sure to subscribe, tell your friends, family, following on Twitter, all that fun stuff. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Until then, hope everybody has a great weekend. Go green. Go white. Take care, folks.